ahead and put up my first scripture slide. It ran away from me again. So, I'll just turn around and read it from here. Acts 13 and 1. This should look very familiar to many of you if you have been here the last couple weeks as we've been talking. Among the prophets and teachers at the church of Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon, called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. And if you heard our pastor a few weeks ago, we were talking about which church are you going to be, the Jerusalem or the Antioch church. And we see a team leadership approach when we look in Acts chapter 13. You see a variety of leaders. If you were here back in August as we did our big group learning, when you see in Scripture, remember, especially in the Old Testament, but uh, throughout the Gospels as well, the default position is that they're Israelite, they're Jews. If it points out that they're from somewhere else, it's an indicator that we often miss, but it's saying, hey, these people are not us. And you look at this leadership, and you will see in Syria, Antioch of Syria, we're outside of Jerusalem. You see Barnabas, you see Simeon, you see Lucius from Cyrene, Simeon's from somewhere in North Africa. You've got Menaean, a childhood companion of King Herod. You've got Saul. You've got a variety of leadership, and I'm not going to go through all of that. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. What I actually want to do is jump backwards, just a couple chapters. Here we see it going strong, and it's already, but let's look at where it started. If you can go to the next slide with the other scriptures. Let's go back to Acts chapter 11. Verses 19 through 26, it says, Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. Only to Jews. However, that's a good however. However, some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene, notice they're not from Jerusalem. But they end up in Antioch. Some of the believers who went to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them. And a large number of those Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. Next slide. And when the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. You know they're coming to check it out. And when he arrived and saw this evidence of, notice again, power of the Lord now here, God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith, and many people were brought to the Lord. When we go back and we look at the beginning of this amazing church, it started with a group of people who reached beyond themselves. Everybody else is reaching their own. And this group of people is reaching out, and they're beginning to talk to other people and share the message of Jesus. And it says God's blessing was on them. God's power was with them. The church grew fast. Jerusalem sends people to inspect, and what do they see? They see, wow, this is a great thing. This is the beginning of a church. Let's keep going. Next slide. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. And both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And then look at this little parenthetical note. It was at Antioch, in this multicultural place, 
It was at Antioch that the believers were first, first called Christians. Church history tells us that this was actually an insult. It was meant to be a joke. Those people over there, those mixed people, those people who are not staying with their own, those followers of Christ, and it was meant to be an insult by the Greeks and by the Romans. See that group of people? You don't want to be like them. Those are those Christ people. They keep mixing with everybody. But the church took it on as a compliment and said, that's right. That's exactly who we are. This is the beginning of a revival church. Let me show you the end of a revival church. One more slide. Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10. And after this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, from every tribe, from all peoples and languages, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. And they were clothed with white robes, and they held palm branches in their hands. And I love this. And they were shouting with a great roar. You imagine a crowd that's so big, it's a vast sea of faces that you can't count. And it's from everywhere, all over the globe, every ethnic group, every type of people, every language group. And they have come together and they are shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. A great revival church starts when we reach beyond ourselves. And when we get to the end of our story at redemption, you will still see a great revival church. And it's a mixed multitude of everyone from every group, from every language. And what unites them is their praise and adoration of King Jesus. And my point today, you can put up my title slide, Christianity must be multicultural. Look around you, brothers and sisters. This is what church is supposed to look like. We want to keep growing. We want to have God's blessing. We want a vast, innumerable multitude that spreads out along this region. It's got to be all of us working together to reach everybody. And God is pleased with that. And that's just a thought.